I got a chance to work at the beginning of Skywalker Sound with the father of Skywalker Sound, Ben Burt. And uh, I remember the first time I was really flipped and so impressed by something Ben did with Raiders. Poison is still fresh, three days. All of a sudden, there is a strange, otherworldly creature, almost a Star Wars creature. I don't know where he got it. And it made that entire jungle scene so friggin' alien. And when I first heard that, I said, this is going to be a great adventure. It's going to be a great adventure in sound. Marshall College Everywhere. Welcome to episode number 283 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. It's an exciting month for Indie Year because we've done a lot of Sounds of Star Wars episodes. Now we're doing the Sounds of Indiana Jones. Yeah, we've done a lot of episodes that only feature Sounds of Indiana Jones. With the Raiders on record and the read-along books, those are technically sounds of Indiana Jones, but we haven't actually dug deep into the actual sounds of Indiana Jones. Which it was only a matter of time before we did it, too, because there's... There's all the connections right there. There's the big one, there's the Ben Burke connection linking... The indie sounds and the Star Wars sounds. Right, because really, Indiana Jones is kind of the same sweet mixture of George Lucas, Ben Burt, and John Williams, but with a huge, giant, 
cool whip topping of steven spielberg thrown on top <laughs> the, yeah the, the spielberg factor in there shaking things up a little bit but like talking about and noticing and thinking about the sound of indiana jones i don't know it's just at its core it's very different than star wars because star wars you know none of this is real this is all completely fabricated but Indiana Jones takes place in a, quote, real world, like actual locations. It's all very heightened and exaggerated, but, you know, there's actual cars in Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. And if you're in a jungle or in a forest, you're going to expect to hear things that you would hear on Earth. Right. And that's the Indiana Jones takes place on the planet Earth. <laughs> I don't think they ever specifically mentioned it in the film, so we could be wrong, but pretty, I'm pretty sure it's on Earth. You know, there's the maps when when Indy goes to a different place, and it, you know, pretty much matches up. Yeah, but it, I, I don't think it says Earth anywhere written on there. I've, I've looked. <laughs> the jury's still out if Indiana Jones actually does take place on a different planet. It's like old episodes of Star Trek where it's just always the gangster planet. Right. The 1940s adventure planet. That's what Indy 5 is going to be. That's the big secret. <laughs> but even though there are differences in terms of like reality and fantasy, whatever, there are a lot of similarities between the work that Ben Burtt and his team did for Rares of Lost Ark, for Temple Doom, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull, and all the Star Wars movies, right? Yeah, and maybe the difference with the Indiana Jones sounds is, like we said, they're real-world sounds, but much like the films and the action and everything, it's like the real world kind of amped up and over the top. Ben Burt had a great quote about this uh, actually just a couple years ago when um, – did they do a tour with this or did they just go to Ohio? I I remember when like seeing like a thing online about this when it was in Ohio. It's like Ben Bird talking about the sounds rare as the Lost Ark at some college, and I was like, "What?" Well, he was interviewed in the Columbus Dispatch, and he says about the sounds with Indiana Jones. The sound in those films, it was like comic book style sounds. You have the sounds printed in big bold letters. That's really the best explanation of what the sound design was in the Indiana Jones movies and will probably continue to be in Indiana Jones movies and also kind of what separates it from Star Wars. As much as Star Wars is very familiar yet otherworldly, it's not as big and bold as a punch in an Indiana Jones movie or the crack of Indy's whip. Like all the Star Wars sounds kind of mixed together into like this tapestry where in an indie movie, it's kind of like it's natural. And then all of a sudden the world's loudest gunshot goes off and someone gets hit in the face and it's the loudest punch you've ever heard. There's like more contrast, I think. No, yeah, that's really true. That makes me think of a scene that we're going to be talking about later in this episode a Ben Burtt symphony of sound moment, the bar fight in Marion's bar where it's all just the gunshot sounds and there's no John Williams music. I know when we, when we had Tom Vagley on and we talked about the Raiders record, we talked about that part. It's an absolutely outrageous part of just, yeah, a symphony of just 
gun sounds. <laughs> and it's funny, the more we talk about it, really, maybe the Star Wars movies and Deanna Jones movies really aren't that different. <laughs> <laughs> because is there really a difference between the gunfight in the bar in Raiders and the pod race? I mean, they're the same kind of ideas are there of these larger than life sound effects, but also almost like a clarity to the sound where you can tell that there's different guns being fired. Just like you can tell all the pods are different just by the sound. And it's not like the same gun sound 10 times or the same engine sound 10 times. There's a variety of sound. It's not just one thing. Well, and I think that brings us to, yeah, what the, that connecting thread is. And it's, it's Ben Burt. He is the wizard of sound, as maybe you've heard on this show in the past. But you got to think of this is what late 1980 when Ben Burt starts working on Raiders. Empire Strikes Back has been out for about half a year, it's still playing in theaters. And now he's moving on to this serial adventure thing and he's working with Steven Spielberg and they bring Ben Burt in what in you know, late 1980, right before they bring John Williams in. And we've talked about that a lot too, with the creation of the first star Wars film, which is star Wars, how you had Ben Burt working on the sounds of the, like the lightsabers and all these iconic classic sounds. And then at that same time, John Williams is brought in and it really defined what that movie is still to this day. And the same with Raiders. You think of Raiders of the Lost Ark without those punch sounds, without the sound of Indy's whip. And you think of it without John Williams' theme. Can you even imagine? <laughs> well, it, yeah, and, and that's why they could have Raiders on record and make the entire movie just an audio experience, even though it isn't, this otherworldly sci-fi thing like Star Wars, like it's grounded in reality, but it has the excitement that you can just listen to it and feel like you're in the movie theater and the combination. Yeah. The John Williams music and the over the top Ben Burt sound effects. That's the, the Lucasfilm magic. There's a great part in the JW Rinsler complete making of Indiana Jones book, which we're going to be talking about a lot in this episode, talking about the sounds of the indie movies, where he writes, as composer John Williams wrote the soundtrack music, Spielberg spoke with sound designer Ben Burt. And Burt's saying in here, I had a long conversation with Stephen about what he wanted. He spoke in terms of how he felt things should be emotionally. He talked about the arc. He talked about it might hum or make some kind of electronic sound. He talks about how Steve wanted the ghosts to be howling, spooky, and scary. And what I think of, too, when I read that is like, you know, like we said, we've done so many sounds of the Star Wars movies episodes. And most of the time, I feel like it's just like Ben Burt just coming up with just like, oh, I, I thought maybe this would sound cool. So I played it for George after I did it. it I don't remember a whole lot of like conversations where Ben Burt was like, I sat down with George and he told me what he wanted the tone of the, the scene to be. No, at most he would get George Lucas making the Geonosian sounds. He would just be making the sounds for him. <laughs> Who needs emotion when you can just make the cool sounds yourself with your mouth? 
But I think that's something, though, as we go through the sounds of the Indiana Jones films, they convey more of a mood of the scene often than perhaps sometimes in the Star Wars films. Yeah, that's a good point because it is almost, you know, the ghosts are a good example where, you know, you're looking at ghosts, so you want to hear ghosts, but really the sound of the ghosts is what makes that part tense and scary. And it's not just something that sounds cool. When I think of what he's talking about too, using as an example in that little bit from the book, the electronic hum of the ark, that one great scene when the ark is at the bottom of the boat and it's just down there. Yeah. And you think of that combined with the way Williams uses music every time we see the ark and the, the kind of theme that the arc has, it's a very kind of foreboding and slow kind of theme. And, you know, maybe that's the, the one thing that the, the indie movies and the star Wars movies have in common, like sonically is just that magic combination of Ben Burt and John Williams, really. Well, thinking back to the arc, you know, in the boat, like that's back to that quote, like that's the sounds printed in big bold letters because it's not like this long drifting camera through a boat and you have ambient boat sounds and you're you know you feel like you're in a boat it's like here's this punctuation mark of this thing is powerful and it's scary and listen to how crazy it sounds and it just takes a few seconds and you're like oh man you know they're in trouble now they got the art because it's going There's a lot to admire about Raiders of the Lost Ark. The photography, the action, the acting. But what about the sound effects? Sound effects? That's right. Boulders falling, bodies crashing. Every sound other than the actors' voices and the music was the work of sound effects men. So we literally had to record, reproduce, recreate, um, manufacture every single sound in that movie from a footstep to the sound of, of... an arc exploding to to the wrath of God, you name it, to lion growls on truck engines. Surrounded by tape boxes, film reels, and sounds, the sound effects men never get the recognition of the stars. But no movie would be any fun without them. I'm Larry Lamont, CNN, Los Angeles. All right, so let's start doing it. Let's do what we do when we do the sounds of episodes. Let's just start going through the movie, tearing through the sounds one by one, sharing what we know about the sounds. We're going to start with Rares of the Lost Ark. You heard in the beginning of the episode Spielberg talking about how Ben Burt made that bird sound, and it's not a... It sounded like something from Star Wars. It sounded like a Star Wars creature. I love that. <laughs> but also in the beginning of the movie is the first time we have the sound of Indy's whip. Which Indy's whip is not like some crazy Ben Burt hitting on 
like an electric wire or something crazy. It's actually old uh, Sprocket Sound, Skywalker Sound, Superstar Gary Summers, right? Yeah, cracking a real whip that he learned how to crack from Indiana Jones himself, Harrison Ford. As much as we're introduced to the character of Indiana Jones at the very beginning of the movie, the whip is almost its own character and gets a nice, loud introduction as well. But I love the story that Gary Sumner's got the whip lesson. It was like a pickup shot of Indy getting on the China Clipper plane about to go off to Nepal. And Ben Burt and Gary Sumner's were there. And that's when Ford gave Gary Sumner's the whip lesson. So then whenever they needed whip sounds for any of what the Indiana Jones movies, it was Gary Sumner's at like Skywalker Sound just cracking the whip. So the next sound on the list is another big moment very early in the film. The appearance of the infamous giant rolling boulder. This is always a great story of how they tried so many different things to get that sound. And it's one of those examples of trying to get the real thing that you think will make that sound and recording something big and heavy just doesn't work. And in the end, after a day of not getting what they want, they're just coasting down a hill in their little what Honda Civic station wagon. And they heard a sound that was interesting and they realized if they turned the motor off and just let it coast down the hill and put a microphone by one of the rear tires, they got exactly the big, crunchy, rolling sound that they were looking for. And as the car slowly sped up, coasting down the hill, they got the change in tone and everything just from a car with no engine. <laughs> Naturally, of course. <laughs> ben Burt has his tape recorder, just naturally, just around Got to get this stuff. It's gold. Let's go. <laughs> well, at least in this case, I think they were driving back from recording other stuff. So it wasn't It wasn't like he was walking home from the grocery store and there was something in a pile of trash making a wonderful sound. So another big constant sound in the Indiana Jones movies are the punches. Yeah, the punches are almost their own genre of of sound. There's the the Indiana Jones punch sound. Well, that is like maybe one of the ultimate, like they're saying, the exclamation point to the comic book, the big, bold, kablamo letters. But it really is. It's like if you look at POW with arrows and pointy things around it and written giant on a page it's like well what would that really sound like it's probably an indiana jones punch and what ben Burt talks about how like they thought about using lots of old sounds and sourcing them and trying to redo them but in the end it was pretty much them beating on leather jackets with baseball bats <laughs> well like a pile of leather jackets and didn't they say that there's like a few uh baseball gloves like mixed in the in the mix too <laughs> 
just to get some leather variation. So in true, you won't really believe what it is, Ben Burt sound magic. The mechanical sounds, the mechanisms you hear in the temple. recorded from a garage door. He says they were recorded using the sounds from a mechanical garage door in San Anselmo, California. That makes total sense. It sounds like a garage door. It's like somewhere in the temple. Well, basically the, that platform under the idol is the button you push. And when you push that, the garage door opener opens up in the temple. And then the boulder rolls out of the, out of the garage up in the upper level. I want, to hook up little speakers to my garage door opener and just play that whole moment. <laughs> In the morning when I leave, I can just run out and have little poison arrows shoot out of the side at me as I'm running out. You just need a uh, a lunchbox that looks like the idol. So in the morning, you got to go swap a bag of sand with your lunchbox and that opens the uh, garage door. Stop at the mailbox and say, adios, Cepito. <laughs> oh. Okay, so moving on. we got to move on. Let's move on to, like we were talking about before, the weapons, the guns, Indiana Jones. I think, yeah, the, the symphony that is the shootout at Marion's Bar. What I want to do here is something I always like to do. We're just going to play a little bit of the shootout at Marion's Bar. Try not to visualize the movie as you're listening to this. Just close your eyes and listen to... The insanity going on here. Just appreciate it on a sound level. Like you said, you think of the pod race. You think of the speeder bike chase in Jedi, all the Ben Burt symphonies of sound. And that's such an underrated one because there's there's so much going on in that the bar fight in Raiders. It's all so perfectly done. And the action is so just classic Spielberg goofy action too. Well, and that's so early in the movie too and it's already like the action's already at that level and the sound is already at that level and the fact that you know the movie can still build from that and keep getting crazier and more exciting is is amazing and a lot of that is the sound a gunshot can just be a pop or a click depending on where you record it because it's just a sudden very brief uh loud noise like a hand clap the actual Indiana Jones gunshot was a 30-30 Winchester rifle that was recorded. We did a lot of different gunshots. We probably recorded, you know, a few hundred different guns in different locations. And of course, we would pull the best from that, but the Indiana Jones gunshot wasn't, you know, processed or really manufactured in any way in the studio, it was pretty it was pretty much exactly as it is in the live recording we did. So next we have another signature sound in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the temple full of snakes. 
And how do you make snakes sound like snakes? Because real snakes don't make sounds and don't sound like snakes. You go to Ben Burt's super secret sound weapon, the bowl of his wife's cheese casserole, the mac and cheese in a bowl. It works every time. My wife makes a cheese casserole, and when it's in the dish and you just run your fingers through it, it gives a real oily, mushy sound. And if you record that and build it up in several layers, you can make a nice sense of slimy snakes moving around the room. That was augmented with some wet sponges being moved around. In fact, I think it was on top of the skateboard on the rubber place on top of the skateboard where you stand. It was there for Jabba the Hut. It's been there every time we need it. Ben Burt's wife's mac and cheese and or cheese casserole. And I like to think that he discovered that sound because he loves that casserole so much, he eats it with his fingers. Of course he does. (laughs) He doesn't even have time to get a spoon. He comes home. He's been hitting leather jackets, baseball bats all day long, doing who knows what. All I want is that cheese casserole. (laughs) Don't worry, honey. I don't even need a plate. I don't even need a spoon. I'm just going to eat it right here in the doorway with my fingers. He doesn't even get out of the car. There's just a bowl that's sitting in the garage (laughs) with the garage door opening, thinking about temple mechanisms. This next one, this is one that I feel like I always kind of heard but didn't even know I was hearing. And it's in this old TV news clip where they're talking to who are the guys that they're talking to people, part of the, the sound team for Raiders. Yeah. They're talking to some of the sound editors. I believe they're talking to Mark Mangini, Richard Anderson, and Stephen Hunter Flick about the editing in the sounds into the movie. They mentioned the fact that in the, the truck chase and Raiders, that when Indy kind of steps on the gas to kind of get up to the bad guy's car, they mixed in like a lion roar. You can hear the truck engine as the vehicle speeds down the road. It would be easy to assume that someone with a microphone and tape recorder simply recorded the sound of the engine. Not so. For the key truck, the the star truck, the one that Harrison drives and people fall off of and climb on and drag under, uh, for that I ended up cutting two or three different trucks for every cut. And then we'd mix them all together. And then uh, in order to make it a little more monstrous, on um, when it would did certain things, like it would fling people off or something, we, and when it would rev, I would cut in uh, tiger growls, which were mixed real subliminal underneath, so you wouldn't go, oh, that's a tiger. But it kind of made it uh, a little more bestial. You heard right. A tiger's roar was mixed into the track. But did you notice that? Yeah, it's just the magic of of sound and and mixing something that shouldn't make sense is actually the secret ingredient to kind of push it over the top. The magic of sound, like we were talking about in the beginning, things Spielberg was talking about, the one of the most important sound bits in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark itself. And the story of ominous sound of the lid of the Ark taking it off about to get the wrath of God. Classic Ben Burt. What better way to portray the only thing that can hold back the wrath of God than with a regular old toilet tank cover from Ben Burt's bathroom? (laughs) 
I guess when your hands are covered with mac and cheese, maybe you get the mac and cheese all over the toilet. <laughs> and while you're cleaning it, you got to take the top off and you realize it's the best sound. But the best is, uh, he says, when we remodeled our bathroom, I saved the cover because I just couldn't throw away the lid of the ark. So now, probably for the rest of his life, he has to keep a toilet lid somewhere in his house. Or is it, in, is it at ILM, probably, in a glass case or something at this point? This is just charge admission, just to go see the the toilet lid, the ark lid. I'd, I'd pay money. Yeah. I think when, when we went to the that prop exhibit and they had the actual ark from the movie, I think I would have rather seen the toilet lid. <laughs> it's even more special. Well, I thought what was in the book, too, talking about the spirits in Raiders was such a cool thing in there. Because for some reason, I had completely forgotten or maybe never knew that Ben Burt did uncredited work on the original Alien. Yeah, and he says they are a combination of dolphin cries and sea lions, as well as human vocalizations. Marion, don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marion. Don't look at it, no matter what happens. Yeah, and he says a lot of that stuff is things he developed for Alien, but Ridley Scott didn't like them, so he used them for... The spirits coming out of the Ark and Raiders, which is just amazing. It's crazy. What would Ben Burt's alien sounds have been like? And then you think, would they have used that through the other alien films? It's crazy. It almost makes you think that maybe they were too, that's like they were too good and they were too, like, too noticeable. Like, oh, that sound is so cool. And it would distract you from, like, the atmosphere of the alien movies. It would be fascinating to to have, like, a CD of, like, these are the Ben Burt sounds that nobody liked. <laughs> George wouldn't let me use these. Alien wouldn't let me use these. Wally wouldn't let me use these. Like his his wet explosions or whatever he had from the original movie that eventually came back in the prequels. <laughs> whatever they were, gooey explosions. I can't remember what he called them. Well, then speaking of Ben recycling old stuff, too, the lightning and the sparks that come out of the arc, too, are, is something... That we'd, we've heard about before in Ben Burt history. Yeah, because that's another case of using the recordings he was able to make of the actual machines from the original Frankenstein movies. And that library has been used lots of times, but mostly I guess we would think of that from... The Emperor's Lightning in Return of the Jedi. It is the Emperor's Lightning in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, the exact same stuff we hear. The power of God coming out of the Ark. All the sparking and beams were from a set of recordings I made of the old gear that was used in the Frankenstein movies. It was a fabulous variety of electronic devices and lightning generators and things of that sort. And out of that came all the sounds for the beams and things. All right, let's move on to Temple of Doom. The first one they're talking about is the insects, the bug room. So according to Mr. Burt himself, 
the insects were really a combination of two elements. Can you guess what one of them is? A bowl something squishy. Our old standby, cheese casserole. Yeah, there's something on the ground. Feel our step on fortune cookies. It's not fortune cookies. Let me take a look. sound that you get as you pull the shell off a hard-boiled egg. Naturally, of course. <laughs> I hope he brought enough cheese casserole to share with all the staff at Skywalker Sound. See, I feel like he records that at home so he doesn't have to share. <laughs> no one gets to try the, key, the cheese casserole except for Ben. But come on, Galaxy's Edge should have cheese casserole. Why not? Some people really want to eat. I want to go to bed too and eat Ben Burt cheese casserole. I think it's from the planet Burt. It's the number one food on planet Burt cheese casserole. It's the only thing they eat. Just be a, like a vendor on the street wearing a funny Star Wars hat with some weird Star Wars spoon and they just scoop it out in some Star Wars bowl. Yeah, why doesn't Star Wars Celebration have a like macaroni and cheese eating contest and you have to eat it with your hands out of a big metal bowl and whoever eats the whole bowl of mac and cheese first wins <laughs> and everybody listening along just they all win because you get to get to hear squishy wet star wars indiana jones sounds just took a big old boom mic above it and broadcast <laughs> it throughout all celebration <laughs> yeah. that's why they don't let us run it so. <laughs> too many squishy sounds Okay, so up next, we got more mechanisms in another spooky room. We got the spike room. We are going to die. What is going on with the spike room? Surprise, surprise, the same garage door from Raiders. does say that the spikes coming down had an element that I produced on an auto harp, which I actually found broken in a trash can along the side of the road. So I wasn't joking about him walking home and finding things in the trash. But he says if you rubbed a piece of metal on the strings, you got a wonderful grating high-pitched sound. Naturally, of course. Of course you do, Ben Burt. Now this next one. The minecart chase. This this is incredible. Yeah, he starts off saying it came from many sources, but they set up an event at Disneyland with Gary Summers where they were allowed to go to Disneyland at night with nobody else there and ride all the rides all night long and record it. That sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think I read somewhere, too, that they got the best sounds from Big Thunder Mountain, which makes total sense. (laughs) <laughs> and I just imagine Ben Burt and Gary Sumners in the dark at Disneyland, just riding Big Thunder Mountain with big recording equipment. <laughs> yeah, with headphones on and big fuzzy microphones. <laughs> why, why don't they let us run Disneyland? Why isn't there a Ben Burt, Gary Sumners, Temple of Doom roller coaster and you have to put the headphones on and all the cars have like big boom microphones sticking out of them 
<laughs> That's what I want to ride. Were they like going up and down, going around corners? Oh, I think that was a good one, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we better do it again just to be sure. But again, you know, it's like when we had Savannah on. The Indiana Jones Disney Park connection, it's all there. It's all right there. It's always been there. It's always going to be there. You may not have been able to see it in Temple of Doom, but you could hear it. So let's move on to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It was a great story where there's the room of rats. Ben Burt saying something about how, yeah, they could have just recorded rats. But they found something a little bit more interesting to use for the sound of tons of rats. We always have sequences which involve a lot of dangerous creatures surrounding us. In Last Crusade, we're surrounded by rats. And like most movie animals, uh, they don't make any noise on the set. So um, I needed to make up sounds for what would be thousands and thousands of rats. And oddly enough, I ended up using chickens. I had uh, a group of uh, irritated chickens all clucking at once. And uh, I put them on a keyboard, the sound on a keyboard, and then played the very highest notes, which made the chickens go way up in pitch. And it made a funny kind of chirpy, well, it sounded like rats to me, and I guess everybody else believed it. But uh, those rats were really chickens. Why record real rats who aren't that exciting when you can record chickens? And not just any chickens, agitated, irritated, grouchy chickens. That, that sweet, irritated chicken music. How many hours was Ben Burt sitting there somewhere in San Francisco just playing different tones of irritated chickens? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Ben Burt. Okay, this next one. And this is this is a deep cut one. Towards the end of the movie, when Donovan shoots Indy's dad, it is a very pronounced gunshot sound. The grail is mine. And you're going to get it for me. Shooting me won't get you anywhere. You know something, Dr. Jones? You're absolutely right. Dad. Dad. No. Get back! But the story on how this was accomplished and what happened when they recorded this is Star Wars magic, Lucasfilm magic, Indiana Jones magic. So according to Bert... He says, I wanted to get a real echoey gunshot. So I took a revolver with some blanks in it and went into the parking garage underneath the tech building at Skywalker Ranch because it's a very large echoey space. Nobody was around, so I thought I'd be safe. And just as I fired the 357 Magnum, George Lucas drove in to park his car. <laughs> hey, Ben, what, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up here? (laughs) He probably just got out of his car and walked right to his office, didn't think anything of it. Just been shooting guns in the parking garage again. (laughs) He's got a revolver. Ben's just working out some aggressions, I guess. I don't know. there's anything weird going on in the ranch, chances are it's it's Ben Burt in some random place recording sounds. (laughs) Either he's got a bathtub full of weasels, 
some cheese casserole, or he's just shooting guns in a parking garage. Maybe he's just playing dialogue tracks through a speaker in the bathroom. You never know. You never know what he's up to. Yeah. So when they're leaving the temple at towards the end of Last Crusade, does all the sounds of the the rocks breaking up and the temple falling apart. tells a story on how that was them again just causing havoc at the ranch just throwing rocks down a hill and wasn't it like a whole day like we're just gonna fill up something full of rocks and bring it up a hill and we're gonna push all these rocks off the cliff and we're gonna record it and that's a day's work just another day for ben burt but it sounds like they've used those rock sounds Multiple times, so it was a very productive day of throwing rocks off a cliff. I'd like to think, too, that at that moment, George Lucas was just taking a walk outside just to get some fresh air. <laughs> he just parked his car at the bottom of the cliff. What the? <laughs> All these rocks. Some, somebody want to tell me what's going on here? But we can't forget the, the secret spice of the, the temple falling apart, which is someone just rubbing a balloon <laughs> to get some squeaky sounds. In the climax of the film, not only do we have the whole temple moving and mechanisms and stones turning, but we have an earthquake. And uh, a lot of those first sounds you hear of the floor splitting are really just rubbing on a balloon, you know, an inflated balloon with your, you're getting that squawking sound. It's just the rocks. It's not enough. What we really need here is somebody rubbing a balloon. That'll probably do it. It's like, this just sounds like a bunch of rocks. That's not cool. So Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Ben Burt at this time, he's working at Pixar. He comes back to do stuff for Crystal Skull. There's not really a whole lot of information about the sounds of Crystal Skull because the Rinzer book, it came out when Crystal Skull was brand new, which is a shame because there are some really cool standout sound effects in crystal skull i mean i think of the flying saucer at the end i think of the coin that goes to the crystal skull head very similar to the arc the weird sound the skull kind of makes imagine to peer across the world and know the enemy secrets to place our thoughts into the minds of your leaders. Make your teachers teach the true version of history. Your soldiers attack on our command. We will be everywhere at once, more powerful in a whisper, invading your dreams, thinking your thoughts for you while you sleep. There's some really neat stuff in that movie. But aside from just the individual sounds, there's something maybe even more important that came out of Ben Burt returning to work on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's interesting because he says that I knew from the beginning we'd want to refer back again to some of the sounds we'd established in the earliest films. Because Indy still has a whip, he still has a gun, there's going to be fights and chases. And he says, 
I wanted to start by having the original library of sounds brought up to date because they had really only existed on old quarter inch tapes. So part of the sound creation process for Crystal Skull was just digitizing the entire Indiana Jones library from the previous three films. Yeah, which you know, there was so much where they talked about how they did that on the Star Wars films with what was it, him and Matt Wood going through and digitizing absolutely everything and cataloging everything. And and then there was some interesting stuff going on with the Indiana Jones Blu-ray, right? And kind of like a a whole overhaul of the sound mix, right? Yeah, with the Blu-ray releases, uh, there's a good article on soundworkscollection.com. Ben Burt's talking about how he had seen Raiders in the theater for the 30th anniversary, seeing it on the big screen and listening to the mix in a theater. He talks about how the technology of playback in theaters has changed since 81. And he felt Raiders was suffering a little bit from being a little too old. And there were things in the mix that didn't sound like he remembered them. And it occurred to him that there was an original master that had been left alone sitting in the vault. And he says, I had this idea that maybe we should listen to that one and see how it compared to the current versions of the movie. Because he says that everything that was on the DVDs and the laser discs and VHS were copies of copies of copies of the audio. So he says they went up to the ranch and they played this original mix and were impressed that it sounded noticeably better because it was, It wasn't copies of copies of copies. And he said they decided to adapt it and remaster it. And there were a few places in the movie where they added back or changed a few sound effects over the years and added extra things that weren't in the original mix. And they added those back in. So the Blu-ray version is not only restored, it's a slightly different mix. Makes me want to get out the blu-ray that's probably the same mix that's on the 4k i would take it that just came out this year yeah i would think so yeah makes me want to compare and contrast forever just (laughs) just 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 the sounds put the put the dvd soundtrack in your left ear put the blu-ray soundtrack in your right ear drive yourself mad so that brings us to the very mysterious still indiana jones 5 coming out next year Right now on IMDb, this guy Donald Sylvester is listed as the supervising sound editor. He's worked with James Mangold a bunch in the past and a bunch of his movies. I don't know. Will Ben Burt be involved? Is he already involved? Do we know? Will, you know, would James Mangold be the kind of person who's like, we need crazy Mr. Benny B in here? Does Ben Burt want to do it still? I don't, you know, like what? Will we get a scene of, of Indiana Jones fixing a toilet and it'll be the actual sound of the original Ark toilet tank cover? <laughs> I would have to think that, you know, Matthew Wood will probably be involved and it'd be great if Ben Burt could come back for Indiana Jones 5 in some way, shape, or form just to do a little bit. Give him a baseball bat and let him hit some leather jackets. <laughs> or at least make cheese casserole for everyone. But yeah, I mean, Indy 5 is going to be an interesting experience and for a lot of a lot of reasons and potentially a whole new sound crew is going to be one of them. What will a 
2022 Indiana Jones sound like? But based on the Star Wars sequels, I mean, we now know that there is a library of Indiana Jones sounds. And if they don't use those outright, there's definitely a template and an example for them to build off of. Right. And I don't think uh, Indiana Jones 5 will be the last new Indiana Jones thing we will ever get. There's got to be more. And I don't know, that comic book exclamation point version of Ben Burt Madness. I hope it goes on for a long time because it's the forgotten relative of the John Williams masterful score that holds the whole movie together. Yeah, it's not an Indiana Jones movie if you can't watch it with your eyes closed and still watch it. And imagine two guys riding Big Thunder Mountain in the dark with headphones and boom mics. <laughs> and digging through trash for, for secret treasures of sound. a sonic experience uh, without too many rivals because uh, the sounds, uh, the, the events in the movie are portrayed with highly articulated sound. It's asking for energetic and very atmospheric things. Um, you tell the story, a great deal of the credibility uh, is a result of the sound. You know, the arc has its humming and it seems alive. And that's because of the sound associated with it. And, uh, and the, the weapons and the face punches are, are strong and visceral because we went to a lot of trouble to make them exaggerated but yet real in the world of movies. And, and so it's a treat. And I think that uh, they can be, you can turn off the bulb and just listen. Uh, and I think get quite a bit of entertainment value out of the experience. First of all, they're wonderful adventure movies. They're decent, they're of good values, they, they have hopeful endings and, uh, and charismatic characters, so they're highly entertaining. And uh, secondly, they are a visual treat because they're so well shot and, and edited and designed. And of course the sound is the best part of it. You know the deal with Apple Podcast Reviews. When you get done listening to this episode, if you listen on something Apple, go over there, write something nice. Not only will we eventually read your review in an episode, it helps the show and it brings warm feelings to our hearts. And make sure you check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com, home of the handy search feature to find back episodes or things that you like. And... Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're part of our Super Chill group. 
And if you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where we had an episode all about the Matrix Resurrections trailer. We've got all of our Bad Batch, Clone Wars, Mandalorian review episodes. And before the year is done, we'll be having more indie stuff on the Patreon. And we're going to get back to talking about the classic Episode 1, the Phantom Menace documentary, The Beginning, pretty soon, I think. And we may even end up with some Vision stuff on there. I want to say this episode, if you're listening to it the day it comes out, Visions comes out tomorrow. So, ooh, get ready. <laughs> so, yeah, so the next episode of Blast Points will be all about Visions. If you're listening to this and you're like, Visions is out. Why are these guys talking about Indiana Jones sounds? Don't worry. Visions is coming the next episode. So we, we just yeah. we need some time to process what we're gonna see in Visions. It's tattooing rhapsody. We're not ready for that. So give us some time to process here, folks. Right. right. Yes, yeah, so the next episode's gonna be all about visions. So that is going to be one you are not going to want to miss. But that about wraps up episode number two hundred and eighty-three here, the sound of Indiana Jones. Can you believe we only have like three indie year episodes left to go this year? Went too fast. I know. Maybe, maybe every year will be indie year. <laughs> well, next year is something, but <laughs> it's not indie year. There will be an indie movie next year, at least. So we'll see what that we'll see what that does to us. We might be a little goofy afterwards. We can barely talk about it now, and it hasn't even come out yet. So. So on that note, folks, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Anything goes. Some adjustment, scraping it and opening it and closing it. That had that nice ceramic kind of gloop, you know, sound. I don't know. It was great. We took that, and that's used for the arc. I, I hate to say that. It sounds wrong, but it, it worked perfectly. Henry Jones, Jr. Thank <laughs> you.